Chapter 12 Ski Jaw and Salami Next morning, Pete thought it was still raining when he awoke in the wagon. There was a steady drip on the canvas, but he saw when he looked out at the sky that it was blue overhead, and the drip came from the soaked leaves of the trees all around. Come on, Hatsy, let's saddle up, he said. Rain's over. You tend to the horses while I get some of this wet wood to burnin, Hatsy replied. An hour later, with a good hot breakfast of flapjacks and fried eggs tucked away, Hatsy said, Better saddle the Appaloosies today. The ground's too muddy for much riding, but we can teach Sandy how it feels to be led along by someone on horseback. Pete wanted only to ride Sandy, but he agreed that his mount should get used to everything a good horse ought to know. He wasn't surprised that Sandy acted a little skittish at first about following at Polka Dot's heels or right beside him. But before long, Sandy was acting as if he enjoyed traveling close to the other horses and Pete. Someday, Pete thought to himself, I'll teach him to follow without a rope. He knew it was too soon to try this now. The hot sun quickly dried away signs of yesterday's rain, and by evening, Hatsy said they could take a trip out onto the plains in the morning. Before the direct rays of the sun reached them the following day, Pete on Sandy and Hatsy on Raindrop were trotting along between clumps of greasewood and the sparse sagebrush growth at the western edge of the sand dunes. Pete touched his heels to Sandy's flanks and loosened the reins in his left hand. He wanted to try the horse at a gallop. Sandy at first did nothing but shake his head in a gesture of surprise and kept up his easy trot. Hatsy saw what was happening and in a moment Raindrop streaked out ahead. Now Sandy broke into a gallop at once, and Pete gave him full freedom to race. After a short sprint, Hatsy reined in his horse, but Sandy flew on with mane and tail streaming. Every rippling muscle seemed to show delight in this new physical freedom. He did not slow down when Pete pulled in lightly. Rather than give a painful tug on the reins, Pete touched Sandy lightly on the right shoulder with his toe and held the right rein against Sandy's neck. Responding perfectly, the horse swerved in a wide circle until they rejoined Raindrop, who had slowed to a walk. Content now to walk beside the other horse, Sandy changed from a gallop to a trot and then fell into step. Twice more, Pete took short gallops and tried to rein in, but Sandy had not yet caught on to the meaning of Pete's light tug on the bit. He was bridle-wise, however. He had learned to turn as Pete pressed one rein or the other against his neck. That horse has a good trot and a good gallop, Hatsy said, and he breaks from one to the other naturally. That's one thing you won't have to worry about. Later on, we'll see what he can do about a canter. Praise from Hatsy for the horse was all Pete needed. He had already been thrilled by the power and speed of the pony as they dashed over level ground. Now he had a mount that could go places and do things. It wouldn't be long before he could ride Sandy proudly to the ranch and go with the hands when they looked after the cattle. How soon do you think I can show him off at the ranch? Pete asked. Seems like you'll never get over being in too much of a hurry, Hatsy said. There's a lot of things that pony doesn't know yet. Right now it would be a good time to teach him something he's got to learn, too. He's got to find out what a saddle horn's for. Think that over a while. Pete looked down at the horn in front of him and fingered it absentmindedly for a minute. Hatsy went on. That thing's a working tool in case you hadn't noticed. You can use it for a snubbing post when you're roping cows. And it comes in mighty handy when you want to drag a steer out of a swamp. Or some firewood to the camp. A cow pony has to learn what it feels like to have a lot of weight hitched to that saddle horn. How do we start teaching Sandy that? Pete asked. We can start with the firewood first, Hatsy replied. They turned back toward camp, and when they found a small fallen tree, Pete slipped the loop of his lariat around the big end of the trunk. Then he tied the rope to the saddle horn and mounted again. 
As the weight of the log dragged on the rope, Sandy shied and swung his hindquarters around. Pete had a job getting him to swing back into position where he could pull. But after several false starts, Sandy appeared to know what was expected of him. He walked steadily on, and the log jerked along behind over the uneven ground. Good old Sandy, Pete said, and leaned down to pat his neck approvingly. At times, the pressure of the rope which ran across Pete's leg was unpleasant. He realized suddenly how useful heavy bullhide cowboy chaps would be right now. After they got the log to camp, Pete dragged in two slightly heavier ones while Hatsy stirred up a meal over the campfire. Want a little change from fishing this afternoon? Hatsy said. Like what? Pete asked. Like skiing. I seem to remember you told me you know how. I can ice skate too. It would be a nice way to cool off. Let's go, Pete said. Hatsy said nothing. He walked over to the wagon and rummaged around inside for a minute. Then Pete saw a pair of skis sliding out over the tailboard and dropping into the grass. A pair of ski poles followed, and after them sailed two ski boots. Got snow in there too? Pete called, laughing. Don't waste my time. Try those boots on, Hatsy said. If they fit you, go saddle up, Sandy and Raindrop. Mystified, Pete tried on the boots. They felt strange and awkward after the pliable moccasins and the small, light cowboy boots he'd been wearing. But with extra socks on his feet, they fitted well enough. You got any canoes or rowboats in there, too? Pete asked. The fact was, Hatsy did have a lot of stuff stowed in the wagon, which Pete had never examined. After all, it was the old man's home the year round. I thought you went south in the winter to get away from the cold. What do you need these skis for? They ain't mine. Hatsy confessed. I bored him from Slim at the ranch. He claims he can ride them as well as any bronc, and he says they take him where horses can't go when the snow's three feet deep. Nowadays they got gadgets for everything. Okay, so they're Slims, but what are they doing here? Pete asked. They're for you. You can go sand skiing on the dunes this afternoon, if you want to, and I sure want to watch. Pete was amazed and very much excited. He'd never thought of the idea, but maybe it would work. I'll try anything once, but the laugh will be on you and not me if you have to dig me out of the sand. With Hatsy carrying the ski poles and Pete riding with the skis over his shoulder, they went down to the nearest edge of the dunes. The early afternoon sunlight beat down intensely on the cream-colored mass and a warm wind carried wisps of dry sand off the ridges. In snow, Pete would have had herring boned up the steep slopes ahead, but he trudged up instead in heavy ski boots, losing ground sometimes almost as fast as he gained. Underfoot, the sand squeaked and scrunched. Every step made a kind of off-key music. Finally, he was high enough so that he thought he could make a good try at sliding. As he looked down, he felt the same kind of thrill he always had at the top of a snow-covered slope before he made a swift swoop to the bottom. While he strapped on his skis, he thought how peculiar all this was. The hot summer sun beat down on his cowboy hat. He was sweaty from the climb. He tightened the chin strap to hold the hat on, took a pole in each hand, and jumped into the air, turning so that the skis pointed straight downhill. Powder River, here I come! He yelled at Hatsy. To Pete's astonishment, he was skiing, and he was gathering speed. This was wonderful. With his feet close together and knees acting as springs, he flew along. The run was brief, but he ended with a flourishing Christiania turn, which sent out a great spray of sand from the sharp, tilted edges of his skis while the particles of sand beneath him raised a screech as he came to a stop. Mighty nice ride, Hatsy said. You never pulled leather no short sky once. First time I ever saw two pieces of wood do anything like that. Without taking his skis off, Pete turned and zigzagged up the slope. 
It was hard going because the sand gave less support than most kinds of snow. This time he went much higher, finally pausing on the crest of a ridge. He stopped to catch his breath. As he waited, he studied a series of ridges below. Instead of making a straight run, he would swing back and forth on the hill. The ride would be longer that way, and he might get some little jumps as he sped over the crest of each ridge. Waving a pole at Hatsy, shoved off with a long, strong, gliding stride. His knees quickly got the feel of the shifting contour of the sandy bank from the side of one ridge down into a hollow and then over the crest of the next. He had enough speed, and with a little leap he was in the air, skis and all, leaning well forward. He held his balance as the wood slapped on the sand. Now he was off again, and great skidding turns swept first to his right, then to his left, all the rest of the way down, leaving a graceful, snarky trail behind him. At the bottom he came to a dead stop, not by turning this time, but by snow plowing and ending with a quick jump at right angles to the slope of the hill. Hey, Hatsy, that was a wonderful idea you had. Want to try it? There's a lot of things could happen on that hill besides what you're doing, and they'd happen to me, Hatsy replied. When I can't drive a wagon or ride a horse, I'll walk. But I sure like watching you. You even make it look easy. One thing isn't easy, and that's climbing up, Pete said. Snow's a lot better for that. And it's not so hot. Too bad you can't ride your horse up, Hatsy said. He's used to traveling in those dunes. Pete suddenly had an idea. Hatsy, would you be willing to ride Sandy? Hatsy hesitated for just a moment, then said, Sure, but what for? Would you ride him up on the dunes? Pete urged. Sure. But what good would that do? Sandy's learned how to drag wood, Pete explained. Let's see if he'll drag me up the hill. Hatsy grinned. Now that's what I call real good horse sense, he chuckled. Pete wondered whether Sandy would accept Hatsy, and he could see the old man wonder too. After he mounted, with no protest from Sandy, he rode around for a few minutes, turning this way and that. Pete knew he wanted to get the feel of the horse and get the horse used to him too. Then Hatsy turned around toward Pete and gave him one end of the lariat. The other end he fastened to the saddle horn. I'll carry your poles up, Hatsy said. Then I'll stay well behind, said Pete. I'll steer to one side so you won't be bothered by the rope on your leg. Now let's see what happens. You better not try to switch back and forth the way I did going up. Just keep angling up in one direction. We can swing back later on to where I can slide. Sandy looked around with interest at his burden as Hatsy touched him with his heels. Then he stepped out with his big feet and headed up the gentle incline of the rising dune. This is life, Pete said to himself, his own horse acting as a ski toe. He wanted to let out a holler of pleasure to Hatsy, but he knew he might frighten Sandy. He just held on to the rope which he had passed around his body without fastening a loop or a knot, so they could grasp both strands and his two hands in front of him. He hadn't made a knot because he wanted to be able to let go when he needed to. Although being towed this way was easier than climbing, the steady tension in his leg muscles began to tell. Soon the tops of his thighs had a hot, burning sensation. Pete wanted a rest. Hatsy, he called quietly. Hold up for a minute, I'm tired. Hatsy stopped and turned in the saddle. You're tired. I thought it was the horse that was doing the work. Pete explained that his legs were actually doing a lot of the work, even though he wasn't moving them. Well, I've um, Hatsy said. You'd never too old to learn. He and Sandy waited patiently until Pete was ready to go on. After his next rest, Pete decided to try an experiment. Hatsy, we're going to do ski-jor now, he said. What's that? You get Sandy to go as fast as he can, not uphill, but on a level course right along the side of the dunes here, Pete said. Let him go. When I get tired, I'll just let loose of the rope. Let's go, 
said Hatsy, and he urged Sandy ahead, first at a walk, then at a fast trot. Pete leaned back against the rope, and his hands ached with the strain, but the pleasure of skimming over the sand was enough to make him keep on until he could hold on no longer. Behind the speeding pony, he glided first in a straight course, then swinging in gentle arcs from left to right. Finally panting, he dropped the rope and turned uphill to a slow stop. When Hatsy returned with his ski poles, Pete said, Boy, that was fun. Thanks a lot. He patted the horse. Good boy, Sandy. I hope we can do this when there's real snow sometime. Pete was beginning to feel rested now. I'm going to angle back towards a good high place, he said. Then I'll take a long run back down and meet you where we started. It'll unlimber my legs to go up by myself instead of being towed. This time I'm going to slalom down the hill. He looked out of the corner of his eye at Hatsy. First it's ski, John, then it's salami, the old man snorted. Anyway, it's no baloney. And Pete took off up the slope. At the top of the rise, he flopped down to the sand to rest and wait till Hatsy and Sandy had rejoined the waiting Appaloosa far below him. Finally, he saw the old man dismount and give the horse a friendly slap. He almost hated to start this last slide down. It was sheer delight to lie relaxed in the hot sand high on the dunes, looking down at his horse, then up at the great mountains towering above. He didn't know when he'd ever have such a day again. But at last, tucking his knees up close under him and heaving with his poles, he rose up and with a long running glide started down the slope. Faster and faster he went till the hot air lashing at his eyes brought tears. Now he began to switch back and forth from right to left in quick sliding turns. At each turn, the sand squealed and sprayed out. Pete was pretending this was a slalom course and imagined the flags set at different points where he might get to make the turns around them. Each imaginary flag slowed him down a little, but between he gained speed. As he approached the bottom, he cut loose with one long straight run that ended in a daring jump turn. Leaning forward with both ski poles to his left, he thrust them in the stand and then swung his skis high into the air and slapped them down at right angles to his course. All this brought him to a sudden jolting stop exactly in front of Hatsy. Them ain't my skis, the old man remarked. Slim didn't lend them to me for kindling. You better watch out. But Pete knew that Hatsy wasn't worried. He could tell the old man had been pleased by the skill he had shown. He was breathless and dripping with sweat. He unbuckled the ski binding and hobbled off the sand to the nearest aspen. There he stretched out in the shade and slowly got his breath. That was some workout, he said when Hatsy came over to him. I can't see what there is about sliding downhill that gets you in such a lather. I was using every muscle in my body, Pete replied. When he recovered, he said, I hope you get a lot of chuck lined up for tonight. I'm going to be plenty hungry, but before that, I'm going to surprise the trout by taking a good cold bath in the creek.